Recorded in the darkest dungeons of the basement of Death Studio, Josh, Troy, and Ty present a show dedicated to bringing you, the listener, into the adventure right along with them. Pick up your sword or load your bolt gun, but don't forget your helmet, because it is time for some playin' and slayin'. Live from the BOD studio, it is playing and slaying. Yay! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Recorded in front of a live studio audience in our <laughs> BOD podcast studios. <laughs> so tonight we have a action-packed New Year's extravaganza. We're going to talk about a massive playing list. Uh, perhaps the biggest of the year. How many times can I get away with that tonight? Mm-hmm. Uh, what we've been buying and what we've been hobbying. We're also going to set some lofty 2018 uh, hobby and gaming goals with perhaps a, you know, a little bit of grilling of each other on feasibility. Yeah, I might have to go back if they were supposed to be lofty. I didn't, yeah, I didn't oh, get that I don't part. Think we're, we're very well, lofty. you know, I mean, if we want to raise the bar... That's one thing. If we're fine with the status quo and complacency, that's another. But here, here on Playing and Slaying, we try to elevate our hobby and our game. He's bringing the heat tonight. I know. I, all right, I got the we'll, fire. We'll, we'll try and loft them up. Whatever right. we're doing. Then we're going to close out the episode with the fantastic, always exciting Play It or Slay It review, where tonight we will review Jeff Engelstein's game, The Expanse. So... When you're playing a slant, gentlemen, it is always important to stay hydrated. So uh, I don't see any beer bottles at the table, but we'll start with Josh and your nearly empty glass. What are you imbibing? <laughs> uh, I've got the house cocktail, and I'm a little tired, so that's why it's almost gone. Oh, I'm trying to get some pep in my step via yeah. via Monster. Via Monster, yeah. Have we lined up that sponsorship yet? Uh, mm. We're working on it. We, yeah, I'm surprised we can't. Yeah, extreme well, extreme podcasting. Mm-hmm. Efforting, yes. All right. Well, excellent. Glad to hear, Josh. Troy, how about you? Uh, house cocktail. Sorry, not n- no variety. Wow. And mine tends it's mine's more monster than Van Gogh tonight. Mine's the opposite. We're trying well, to f- trying to find some energy. Well, we uh, you know later on are going to talk about some hobby and gaming goals. I want to set a goal for each of you to try to drink something different next time we record. Deal. All right. I'll All right. Try. Thank you. I, that's all I, I need. tried. I did. I, I did. I thought about. I thought about other drinks. Does that count? Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought about trying to have a, like a Captain Conway or something. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what is the Captain Conway again? Um, I don't even know. I, did, I would have Ty make it for me. I'd say, Ty, can you make me one? I believe yeah. it's Captain Morgan Rum and Zevia uh, Cola. Yeah. Oh man, and he hates Zevia with a passion. <laughs> sure does. Um, so excellent, and I myself am drinking some Basil Hayden's bourbon with just mm. a splash of Zevia ginger ale. Because if you're drinking bourbon, the ginger ale just makes it mm. 
that much better. Like, how, do you, how do you spell Basil Haven? Basil Hayden. Hayden? B-A-S-I-L space H-A-Y-D-E-N apostrophe S. I believe that's accurate. Hmm. I believe it's Basil Hayden's, right? I th- like he owns it. I think so. Or Basil Hayden. Either I'm way. I'm glad I asked for I clarification. I like the little paper seal at the top. When yeah. you, you know, get the cork out, it's got the little the little paper that goes over the top of the, the bottle. Mm. It means and the paper kind of sits over it like a little jacket, too. Yeah, it's like a blanket for your bourbon. It's pretty nice. Mm. It's fancy. It looks yeah. fancy, anyway. And it's delicious, so I'm very excited to be drinking that as we record tonight. Maybe we can get a Zevia sponsorship. Ooh, yeah. Here we go. I don't think I'll they have any it. major sponsorships, so we're we're right in there. <laughs> yeah, we're in their wheelhouse. Wheelhouse. <laughs> I'll work on that. <laughs> um, that could be one of my hobby goals. Hey, get sponsorships <laughs> for the podcast. <laughs> um, excellent. So, without further ado, let's dive into our episode. We have an epic list of what we've been playing. Uh, for the sake of your ears and your interest and shortened attention spans in 2018. Isn't that funny how attention spans are getting shorter and shorter and shorter? I'm sorry, what what did you say? Yeah, I think it's technology's <laughs> fault. <laughs> yes. Yes. We get interrupted um, every... Yeah. Pop-up ads. Are there still pop-up ads? Bling. Yeah. I don't know. I don't go on the internet, really. Ever? <laughs> so, speaking of internet... <laughs> Um, I've been playing a lot of player unknown battlegrounds on steam, like an unhealthy amount. It might interfere with my ability to get my army done. I was just saying we, that we might come to that on the hobby section. Mm-hmm. And so I've been, I've been playing a lot of that. Um, but Troy, you've been hosting some pretty significant game days that are not land parties, right? Real BOD <laughs> game days, like physical, like people in the same room, pushing miniatures around, whatever. So we've, and it's been good. I think, well, this was kind of end of holiday. I think the last time we recorded. So over the holidays, I think we had two nights or evenings, afternoons where we got a couple of games going down there. And then this past Monday, what was it? Oh, yeah, it was a holiday or something. Martin Luther King Day. Yeah. yeah where oh. most normal people don't have off, but people in the banking industry have off. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, everybody gets Mondays off. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody works five days. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was pretty fun. We, uh, we mix it up. People yeah, were seeing some different opponents. Yeah, we had a lot of AOS going on. Um, one of the times we had a split, we had one table of 40k going and, uh, Dan Beers is over and kicking my butt with his ad mech. And I'm so happy. I made a bet with him before the game started <laughs> that every, what, every 10 Necron warriors that yeah. stayed dead. So in essence, a unit removed, I would get him a drink at Adepticon. So uh, I owe Dan five drinks at Adepticon, I believe. Um, <laughs> looking forward to paying those out. A bounty. I put a bounty out before the game started against Troy. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, his Adeptus Mechanicus army, they're just basically all the guys with guns. They're the guys who make the guns. You, you should know better, right? And all they have is guns, and they just shoot the guns, and they shoot them again, and then they shoot them again, and yeah. And I'm like, hey, I can drop my giant <laughs> monolith right in front. It'll absorb a shooting. No. No. Not really. Got blown up. Yeah, got blown up. Nice. Yeah, yeah so that was, that was fun to see. Not that I have an ancient fun, grudge against the Necrons or anything. Nah. <laughs> um, Wait till their book comes out. Yeah, yeah, someday. Uh, after I get Legions of Nagash. <laughs> um, but yeah, so a lot of Age of Sigmar, some good prep for um, upcoming tournament in uh, Schaumburg in March. I don't know what that could be, but... 
Today, Adepticon announced they're opening 24 more spots in the Age of Sigmar Grand Tournament, which could put it at 200 players, mm. which would be amazing for the American scene. Yeah, that's huge. Um, and then, speaking of Adepticon, Alex Gonzalez, uh, one of the hosts at Garage Hammer and the TO for Adepticon's um, Grand Tournament, the the single singles mm. event, uh, him and um, a couple of his guys from their local group ran a primer at Grognard Games down in Roselle, Illinois. Um, we sent five teams down there from the Milwaukee area, from kind of our local shop. And I played a three-game one-day tournament with Brendan uh, Brendan Melnick at Hobby Bear. Um, we did uh, Crouching Karen Wraith, Hidden Morngol uh, was our theme. <laughs> we had a couple of Karen Wraiths and... Uh, deployed Morngles out of the spirit world or summoned them on. And uh, we had three really good games, played played some good opponents, um, ended up taking third in the uh, the tournament overall. And uh, another Milwaukee team, um, guys Zach and Alex with Caradron Overlords and like a free people gun line, ran over everybody and took mm-hmm. first. And then Dave Nordstrom and another, uh, another guy, um, one best sport so milwaukee mm-hmm. kind of yeah. dominated the the prize money because you got store store credit yeah. so out of our 20 dollars team entry we each got 20 dollars individually in store credit first place got 40 dollars each and then sportsmanship got 25 or 30 mm-hmm. each so out of the 280 dollars or whatever they got from 14 teams i think we figured milwaukee took 200 of it um cool so it was a fun tournament yeah we had 14 teams uh in at the shop it was it was good. It was competitive yeah. games. We had an amazing game against um, Christian Ware and his partner Alex. They were playing like a a dark elf, um, high elf. There were two black, two dragons, two phoenixes, some phoenix guard, and some dark shards. The crossbowmen um, with some casters, and it was just back and forth. One of those games. It it might be the best game of Sigmar I've ever played yeah. from the standpoint of just how close it was and how. Um, intense it was and we swung it for a draw in the final turn and then scored our secondary which got us the win so just excellent opponents um really great game was that the one that i had pictures of or no yeah was, is it? yeah that was yeah the, that was, so that was on twitter i think that you can at least see that one because for some reason ty's so focused when he's playing he can't take one picture and put it on twitter uh, <laughs> it was also a primer so like nothing's nothing oh. of mine was painted and is test out the list. Just just take it like a close up of like the miniature that's painted. When the two miniatures that are painted fight, then you just go close up and they're like Yeah. So, so I learned Morngles are the real deal and I can't wait to play yeah, my they're uh, kind of annoying when I played them too. Yeah. My, my night haunts in the the tournament and with my brother in the team tournament. So rambled on about that, but that was some good Sigmar. Um been getting a lot of games in recently, I think. Those three plus I've got six games in in twenty eighteen of Sigmar, which is almost double what i think i played in the second half of last year <laughs> so um gonna keep doing that all the way through adepticon i understand someone here at this table played clank yeah we had uh actually a work a work game day which happens there once in a while and one of the games that got brought out was clank which is the i don't know how you describe it right it's a deck builder i guess um where you're you know i think we've talked about it before deck builder you're going down to a dungeon, exploring, stealing some treasure from the dragon, and then I like the where the the mechanic that set, basically sets the clock. Once somebody gets out, then everybody else to get out before 
uh, the dragon comes and eats them and stuff like that. So fun game. I mean, I hadn't played in a while. I think we played with Josh and I own it, and mm-hmm. um, it was fun to get to play it again. It was just as good. Um, there is the new. I think at Gen Con last year, Clank in Space came out, um, and people are kind of think that's a. I don't know. I think I'm haven't played it yet, so I need to judge it. But they've added more stuff. The board's a little more. Um, not the thing with Clank, the original is you kind of have two boards. There's the board on each side. Clank in space, it's a modular board, so you get a little more variation there. Uh, and there's a couple different objectives, I think, in how you can score things in Clank in space. But I, I don't know, I'm just not as excited. I think about the theme of Clank in space. Um, I just like the idea of like going into the dungeon. It feels like it makes sense to go in the dungeon and you're making noise and everything makes sense. I think in space, it feels like they stretch the theme a little bit. I don't know. I, I need to play it before I really do it, but that it just hasn't drawn me, even though people are like, it's a better game, but we'll see. It's all about the theme. Yeah. Clank. All right. I haven't played that one yet, so maybe. You haven't played Clank? Oh, mm-hmm. it's super fun. Maybe that'll be the one that convinces me deck builders aren't terrible. It, it, it It's sort of... It's deck builder ish, yeah. But there's still a lot of, I don't know. Yeah, there's a there's a, a core there's a deck building mechanic in there, but there's a lot more around. Yeah, it, I think is what makes it's, it. Yeah, yeah, it's not solely a deck builder, and it won the Mensa Award for last year or the year before. Year before, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, all right, I'll withhold judgment until I have a chance to play it. Um, Troy, we did sit down <laughs> though and play. Uh, a game that felt a little bit like war, the old card game <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> uh, themed with um, space Marines and chaos Marines yeah. and creatures um, games workshop released the Citadel combat cards re-released, re-released after like that, 25 yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, I think this is, yeah, I think there was a game that came out in the eighties probably at some point. <laughs> so, I mean, basically you're, you're drawing a hand, you're putting three cards down fighting, you know, comparing numbers in three categories, uh, and then there's some cards you can play from your hand yeah. that manipulate the order of play or how cards are sequenced. And then you're trying to collect, in essence, collect sets. I yep. mean, trick-taking game. But it's yep. <laughs> um, it was fun and simple. Yeah. I mean, it it uh, it passed the 15 minutes while we waited for... I think we're, before um, we played Expanse, isn't it? Yeah, before, before we got Expanse, there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which we'll, we'll get back to yeah. um, and, and dive into that game in much more depth. But interesting, was it probably a $10 yeah, I well, I think John got it for my birthday, okay. so that's uh, so I don't even know it by yet. Yeah, I think it's like a ten or fifteen dollar game at the most. It's just a deck, um, and a lot of it is nostalgia and the art of you know if you're in that forty k universe, it's chaos, space marines, they all have names, all the guys have names and things like that. So, but yeah, super simple mechanics, but just enough, you know, just enough of being able to change things up a little bit to to make you think a little bit and have some fun to it. There's still a lot of randomness to it and whatever. I don't think you're going to, you know, have a deep thinking like, Oh my God, how am I going to win this thing? But I don't know. Um, it got heated. It was contentious. <laughs> did we tie? I can't remember. We did. Yeah, we, we had a draw. Yeah, we, had, we ended up. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then we had to make up tiebreaker rules cause there aren't actually, yeah, there they, aren't they don't expect you to tie, I guess. <laughs> so, um, Troy, you've been playing everything. I mean, seven wonders duel. I yeah. Know. And, uh, John came over one night and it was a two player night, which doesn't happen too often. And, and he had never played seven wonders duel, but of course we had played, you know, everybody's played seven wonders. Um, mm-hmm. and so I, it'd been a while since I broke that out and, uh, I was just really happy again, how good it, I forgot how good that game is. It like, is good. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's seven solid. wonders duel. how it, you know, the mechanics are significantly different from seven wonders. You're not, you know, passing and, um, cards, but you get the same feel where you're trying to collect sets. You're trying to score points. You're building your wonders. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and in the end, you're just trying, you know, trying to get the most points in, in a bunch of different ways. But um, the mechanic of how you basically you lay out the the cards on top of each other in kind of a pyramid, so that you have to kind of the cards you pick will make other cards available to your opponent. And that's I think the real just like oh, if I do this, then he's going to get to pick that card. And some of them are face up, and some are face down. Um, but yeah, a re- lot of fun. I think John enjoyed it too. I can't remember. Did John? John might have just squeezed me out by a couple of points. We had a really good game. Um, but yeah, good reminder that that's yeah a really solid. And I have not. Pl- I know there's an expansion on it. I have not played it the ex- or seen the expansion. Or I think I own it, but I don't even know if it needs an expansion. I'm not sure what the expansion does because I, I think Seven Wonders Duels is pretty solid. Yeah, right out of the box. I would agree. Indeed. And then another one that you got out of the box that is still sitting in my box unplayed at my house no you i thought you played it at oh, one point no i haven't even assembled a single mini from it so i think i talked about last fall or whatever it was when our local uh one of the local hobby stores when uh went out of business or they were retiring um that i grabbed uh, a warhammer quest silver tower um their store copy so the good news is it was all all the miniatures were assembled and somewhat painted they're painted to some kind of standard um, but finally, again, I think John was over again or something, and we were like, oh, let's break out um, Warhammer Quest just to see what this is like. And uh, and it was it was fun. I mean, it was, good to, it was fun to, to play. I don't know how much you'd, you'd play it. I mean, it's a, it's a dungeon crawl. Um, there's some interesting mechanics with share, a shared dice pool between, um, between all the players. We were playing a two-player, but I think it plays up to four or five of uh, your different characters. Seemed to scale well, even though we had two, two characters. And we just did one of the first adventures. And I mean, again, it's Games Workshop, so all the components are pretty high quality. The tiles are really cool. I like how, like, the book and that one. So, Silver Tower is like AI driven in terms of the deck and a book. Whereas I think the Hammer Hall one is more like uh, Descent, where you have an overlord or DM or GM kind of person who's running the, the enemy characters. But um, so I can kind of see why maybe they did that one Hammerhall because I think Silver Tower, even though there's a lot of gameplay there, like we just played, you know, once you play through the the scenarios are always going to be different in terms of the, the dungeon crawl because there's some randomness to the map, but the encounters are going to be similar. And again, they've added more stuff there so you can swap in different monsters and stuff. But I feel at some point you're going to play it out. Sure. There's only so many variations. Only so many variations, which I can see. So then that, but I can see that's why maybe when they did the Hammer Hall set, that's where they're like, well, now we'll do. So add some stuff. We'll add, and when you have a person running it, now you can add more material and you don't have to have like an AI book that tells when you do this, open to this page, that kind sure. of thing. So, yeah. Uh, but I mean, there's a lot. I mean, we just played one. I think there's a lot of gameplay there that to, to go through. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, I don't play a whole lot of those Dungeon Crawler games, but it was more of like, again, I got it pretty cheap and. I think we'll probably it's one of those things we may break out every once in a while to to scratch an itch and a bunch of demons are that I need to <laughs> need to paint now because a lot of the heroes are painted but a lot of the the zinch uh, demons aren't painted so my blue horrors and pink horrors and all that other fun stuff. Nice, yeah. I'll, someday I'll play that. I won't sit in a box unassembled sure. forever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are beautiful miniatures. That's again, it's GW, so they're all yeah. beautiful miniatures. That's a, and then recently, Troy, you and I, after work, got together with uh, Paul and Jen at the Midwinter Gaming Convention, a real small local affair, uh, mainly role-playing games and a uh, significant amount of LARPing, I think, there. Yep. But we didn't LARP at all. No. Well, it depends. We, we LARPed as people going to a convention playing board games. Yeah. 
Yeah, we did. We live action played board games. Yeah, gross. We lap BG'd. <laughs> Super gross. gross. Why is well, it gross? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did play a really cool game, though, that I want to talk about. So we, we played a game of Vault Wars, which we've, yep. we've played in the past. John Gilmore. Uh, Fun game. Fantasy Storage Locker. I mean, yeah, and Paul had never seen that before, yeah. which was, it was so was good to kind of bring. And of course, he won. He, like, crushed us because Ty and I were not paying attention. <laughs> we shortened it. And yeah. Then, and then we're like, he exploited oh. the money. And yeah, <laughs> ended poorly for us. Um, so we, bitter. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Troy and I were not just—we just weren't paying attention. Yeah, <laughs> and we, yeah, good job, Paul. Um, let let Paul run away with it. Uh, but we did play a game that I want to talk about a little bit. I know we talked about Century Spice Road. Yep. Was that last episode's Plater Slayed or real recently? Within the last, yeah, I don't know. Last two, I don't know. Listeners well, will know. Yeah, they we'll they listen. Back. We don't listen to the episode. No. We just record it. So. And I always forget because I have really poor memory. <laughs> but it was, yeah. I think we did it for a Plater Slayed <laughs> in one of the recent episodes. Um, that I had, I had, So I had played Century Spice Road, which... At, at work and somebody brought in there and i and if you go back to that i had some issues with the game not from the gameplay but from the components and mostly from as being as josh always likes to point out our our kind of the color blindness that ty and i have <laughs> i don't point that out it, made, <laughs> it, it just made it a struggle to to, yeah. to kind of tell the cubes apart and and some of the art on that so then i had heard i had i don't know why i was I think I was doing some research or something, and I noticed that there's this game called Century Golem Edition from the same Plan B games. And basically, what they did is they reskinned. They took the same game, same gameplay, and they reskinned it with uh, Golem different artwork, and it's kind of the premium version of it. So instead of kind of plain wooden cubes, you have colored plastic crystals that are much easier to tell the different colors of to there. Cool. Um, and I really like the art in Com- terms of components and art are awesome. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, they're big taro like size cards and they're all like, I don't even think cartoony, but they're I mean, very uh, bright, you know, of the different golems doing different things and people mining the different the, gems the and plastic things like that. gems are awesome. I mean, they're, they're shaped really cool. They, um, the color they're bright i mean they're it, it just has a very appealing look and it's a good game um yeah so you had actually you hadn't played it so i want yeah. to get tied so your impression of the actual gameplay yeah it's uh it, i like you have different choices you can make um taking a card playing an action resting to get your cards back i think that's mm-hmm. cool that you can't constantly cycle the same mm-hmm. action you have to really break up your turns with when it's a, a good time to collect your cards okay. back and take that resting turn some of it felt a little i don't want to say too random but the way the mm-hmm. cards came up and the power of the cards yep. seems so different that sometimes you just didn't have access to good cards that would get your engine going mm-hmm. so you had to like burn through garbage cards and take them off out the road there. to try mm-hmm. to get better ones out there so i don't know if um what i think would help is if there was some preset like okay well you get hands you get the you get two, two you get basic. the two and the question yeah is that enough and yeah depending on what the the but again i think that's some of that strategy like hey my engine is sputtering yeah there's nothing I, out here 
my best move might actually be to take a card that I'm actually not going to use because I need something yeah, to cycle. But I felt like that only let the next the next guy take the good take card. The good card. So <laughs> that that's kind of yeah. where I did. It was the only thing I didn't enjoy. Yep. Was there a few turns where I'm like, well, I don't have a good play, and um, sometimes you run into that with, and that's generally, yep. you know, I poo poo deck building games in general. Sometimes you feel like you have a turn or two where there's just not a good choice to make. Um, and it's which bad choice or boring choice are you forced into? So I felt like that a few turns, um, but I did like it. I liked how how it played. It picked up some steam. Um, the point scoring was interesting. Um, the the card effects and the actions. I like that variety. Uh, that's probably what makes it better than Splendor in my estimation. If I had to compare the two, because they're very similar in, yep. in how you play, is. Um, century spice road or century spice road golem edition whatever the actual name is <laughs> um has a little bit more different actions available and different ways to to get there um so i i think that would put it over splendor for me but definitely an enjoyable game i'd recommend it uh and the production quality is fantastic yeah so and i think less than fifty dollars uh, yeah, for that. And that you can only get the Golem Edition from Plan B Direct mail. And so that I did, I ordered it from them like around Christmas time when I found it. Um, or if I think at certain, if they're at certain conventions, if you're at an Origins or Gen Con or something, I believe they bring it along to the booth and you can pick it up, pick it up there. Um, so it's a little bit, it's not hard, you know, hard to find, but you can't, you're not going to find that your local game store usually unless they've special ordered some, some copies in. Uh, but I would really recommend it. And again, if you're not colorblind and you enjoy the <laughs> gameplay, the good old Century Spice Road might be good enough for, for what you want. But I don't know. Once you play the Golem Edition, I don't know how I could ever go back to the <laughs> the regular Spice Road one. So, And I think while we were at Midwinter Gaming Convention, I believe um, Josh may have been having a family mm-hmm. gaming convention. Yeah, so with with the, the little one... Uh, you know, new to the family, uh, my free time and, and being able to get out to conventions and even just get out to game with you guys has been slim uh, lately. So, um, don't you get one of those things like they wrap around and she just would sit in front of you, like yeah, the like whole a time? Baby Bjorn, yeah, baby Bjorn, and yeah, she'd put she, like, little sunglasses on her, yeah, and, and she could hat. just come and like play AOS be your mascot. Oh, She'll go. probably yeah. help you. She'll yeah. scream the whole time, so that's, I'll, I mean, I'll bring her next time. It could sure. be like a death army, like a, <laughs> a banshee whale. Yeah, banshee whale. It would add Blood atmosphere. Down. Yeah, yeah. There you go. War cries. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so anyway, we we've. <laughs> Saturday nights. Uh, when We're I'm, just saying you're not trying hard I'm enough. I'm not I'm trying sorry, hard John, enough. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's sleep and, yeah, anyway. Um, it, Saturday nights we've been kind of doing uh, a Koopman family game night um, when I'm not hanging out with you guys, which has been sparse lately. Um, but, yeah, so a couple of the games that I thought were fun, uh, you know, for folks with kids, you know, younger kids, um, Yeti and My Spaghetti. Uh, it's a dexterity game similar to Kaplunk. So I don't know if you guys remember Kaplunk with the so it's a tube with a bunch of um, little sticks in it. Like there's like little holes oh, and the sticks go through. I remember now. Okay. Uh, yeah, and there's marbles on top, and you, you keep pulling one one stick out mm-hmm. each turn, and then they fall at some point. Yeah. It is very similar to that. So there's little pieces of spaghetti across this bowl, 
and the Yeti sits on top, oh. and you have to... Could you play it with real spaghetti? Uh, uncooked spaghetti, yeah. yes, you could. So yep. you could do, like, poor man's Yeti and my spaghetti. Absolutely. Get a big bowl. With uncooked spaghetti. Dollar uh, noodles. Yep. And put, like, Some a sort of little, ball. Yeah, a little miniature. Oh, yeah. Because he's, yeah. like, he's like a little Yeti. He just kind of has okay. his arms and legs oh, okay. sticking out. Yeah, so, I'm going to do poor man's Yeti and my spaghetti. There you go. Might be, you know, pencil eraser in my spaghetti. But, <laughs> but yeah, you, you just remove uh, a piece of spaghetti each turn, and then, you know, whoever makes them fall in loses. Um, Monster Chase. I think I've mentioned Monster Chase before, but uh, it's basically uh, you're trying to scare away monsters from the bed. So you're it's a memory-matching game, so you have to scare away the monsters with a very specific toy. Each monster has a different toy that they're scared of, and so you're trying to remember which... It's kind of cool that way. Um, and then Snug is a Bug in a Rug. That's uh, You're trying to get the good bugs hidden under the rug before the stink bugs come out. So it's there's Spinner, um, which you match either colors or the eye sizes or the shapes that... We'd, we'd probably have trouble with that, Troy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Color matching. Yeah, color matching, shape matching, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's 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 good for little people um, learning how to spin. And there's also a die uh, that you can roll instead of the spinner. Um, so yeah, it's kind of learning all these fundamental game type... Um, Core skills. Yeah, skills. Game skills. Game skills. Yeah, there you go. There we go. So it... Like dribbling. What I hear Josh saying is that his family's ready for access and allies. I, I mean, we're we're working our way up to it. Yeah, yeah. risk at least. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay, good. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the last couple games I just want to touch mm-hmm. on real quick. Over uh, New Year's, Nicole and I went over to Barry and Becky's um, just for real low key mm-hmm. games and, and dinner for New Year's Eve. Uh, but we brought along King Domino, which was last year's uh, Spiel de Aris. Um, from Blue Orange Games, I think it's a uh, Bruno. Is it Bruno Cathala? Is, but I'll confirm that. But it's a. Um, it, in essence, you're placing dominoes, trying to build a five by five grid, and each domino is a cardboard tile, but it has landscape on it, um, marsh, water, fields, mountains. Um, and there are crowns that are on a few of them. So as you build the territory, and the more that you have adjacent with crowns in it is what multiplies it. So if you have three crowns amongst five forests at the end of the game, that's going to be 15 points. And you're you're trying to complete, and dominoes have two spaces. So five by five, you have to get creative with how you position them in your kingdom and then score. So it plays in 15 minutes. Right. I mean, we played probably four or five rounds yeah. in you know an hour and a half. Um, but a very simple mechanic, but incredibly deep strategy because mm-hmm. you have a row of dominoes up, and as as you take one and play it, you're placing your king on the next row, choosing which of the four you want, mm-hmm. and then you resolve from top to bottom. So if the domino you want is at the bottom, you're going to be going last in that next turn and getting the last mm-hmm. choice. So you have to sometimes weigh the option of, do I take the first one so I get first choice, even though I can't use it, or where where you're playing so turn order changes constantly and what's available changes constantly um so very simple i could see how kids you know i think we've seen ben hasn't ben played it yeah ben yeah ben it's the first time i had got i'd seen it as he had yeah uh, mentioned that he had played it with his his kids um so it's interesting to see so it seems like it scales 
yeah, definitely in terms of, like you said, simple mechanics so kids can kind of grasp it, but there's a lot of strategy there. So um, adults definitely can yeah, get worth yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. I highly recommend it. And I, I think it's less than $20 on Amazon right now. Uh, I think it's one of those... Um, you know, low low price point, not a huge footprint. Uh, can travel easily. Yeah, yeah I see I, an ad for it for sixteen yeah. yep. and some change. So, yep. so yeah. um, highly recommend it, though. I yeah, think you were a, correct on your designer too. Oh, Bruno Cathal. No. Yep, nice, nailed it. Well done. Um, and then we played uh, Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. So Nicole and Becky are big Harry Potter fans. Barry and I know almost nothing <laughs> about Harry Potter. <laughs> So we were just making jokes the whole time, but it's a cooperative deck building game where you're playing against a villain deck, uh, trying to add enough damage to the villains before they take over locations from the movies. And there's, um, there's damage being dealt. There's influence that you can use to purchase items. And then there's control tokens that the villains place occasionally. So, there's like an event phase where control gets placed on the location. You have to kill them to remove the control tokens before you burn through the locations. So it's like you're weighing these these options. It's pretty good um, as far as you know deck building games go. Uh, it it had all of the standard you know you deal damage or you purchase um, different effects. A lot of player interaction, so you can play items that help other players. Either give them influence tokens or give them attack tokens that they can play on their turn. Um, and as you're revealing your own dark arts card, which is like the event, I guess dark arts is something in Harry Potter. There's probably yep. people out there that are like that muggle. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, did you say muggle? I did. Yeah, yeah I I he knows enough. Muggle. There we go. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've been watching the movies. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to get up there to to understand. There you go. Um, but as you're doing this, you're hurting other people sometimes. So it's like all players take damage, or all players discard a card, or this round extra cards can't be drawn. So there's effects that are impacting everyone. So you really have to watch where people are at so they don't get knocked out. And there's no player elimination. So when you're knocked out, you basically discard half your hand start back over at health and get back in. Um, it was interesting. And then we, we closed out the night with Baron Park. Have you guys seen that? It's, uh, you're, you're placing tiles to build a bear park. Yes. Um, May- Mayfair did it, I think, last year maybe, or uh, relatively recently. Um, in the different bear houses that you place, score you different points, and you're trying to complete these little boards and when you complete a board you get a sewer cap that you place on the there's like a manhole in each thing and the first one to be placed is 16 points and it scales down so as you're completing your cards each time you place a a tile down it has an action available um so it's just cool little strategy game king domino and that kind of have similar some similar ideas um but it was it was a fun little game uh once again though a ton of strategy and a very simple concept. So there was some fun, uh, fun games like that to, to play. That one's a lot more expensive though. Baron park. Yep. Yeah. What is it? 40. Yeah. It's like yeah. 45, 40. So, um, that was playing. That was a lot of playing. We played a yep. lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's good when we play that much, we don't have as much time to hobby or, I mean, that could be bad, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, what is cool, we kind of talked about Road to Adepticon. We all have some uh, hobby projects in flight. I know, um, Troy, you have a very uh, a very big accomplishment on the hobby table. Yeah, so I'm 
well, like you can always, I'm, you know, you can always keep working at it, but I'm kind of calling my Sylvaneth army done for now. Um, I've kind of added a few things, got all my tree revenants done, got, uh, my Dreitsche model painted enough and based and, um, and built up. I have a, I can put 30 dryads on, on the table. So I feel like I have enough options that I can build a couple, I can kind of build a couple different lists that I've been kind of trying out and switching and depending on what I'm, what I'm doing. And so I have enough and they're all painted and, uh, and ready to rock and roll. So it's been, so I basically, I started that army Christmas, like last year, I think I got a bunch of stuff from like my birthday and whatever. So that was, it's the AOS <laughs> journey has been about a year to get that. No, they're which looking is, really good on the table. Yeah. And so it's probably, I don't know, like it's probably like 20, maybe 2,500 points if I, Put, just put everything on the table maybe a little less than that but um but it's fun and i'm happy again i i picked that army just because i really love the models and stuff like that and there's still more i wish you know i'm probably gonna you know finish up the bases and things like that and at some point probably get a uh a Lariel, the big centerpiece oh, yeah. that would be the like the, the the final like cherry on top uh, would be get the giant she's the big giant queen riding the giant beetle if you mm-hmm. ever look at that one which like i mean it like it would take me a year i think to build and paint that so that'll be like the next <laughs> that might be the next thing but there's enough yeah we have enough the road adepticon there's enough stuff to focus on so i wanted to kind of get that army kind of in a place and finish so that one so i can just get beat up by ty over the next couple months <laughs> and give him some punching bags to do it but at least i feel you know it was fine like eric was talking about when we played on monday um it was we had both our armies fully painted 2000 points on a realm of battle board with terrain all over it. Like it was the way it should be. Like finally we are, everything's painted, everything's painted, painted. that's the way to play that. That was fun. It was a blast. It was was a great game. We played, I played with Eric too, but uh, yeah, he was noticing. I didn't even think about it, but he's like, Hey, it's like one of the first games ever played where it's like, everything's painted. We're on an awesome board. We're doing all (laughs) so. So that was fun. That's cool. Very cool. Um, I hear some big news on the Space Hulk, Space Hulk front, too. Uh, I don't know. Um, rumors. Yes. I mean, rumors and speculation, but big. I don't know if it's big. But no, it's big, as in it's getting taller. Yeah, I think we might bigger. go taller. Yeah. We were trying to... <laughs> I, had, uh, <laughs> I had an epiphany about how do I make... How do we make everything fit on the table better? Because we're, like, at the edges of, like, a 12 by 6 table right now. Um, <laughs> so, and, like, most major cities when you can't go outward right. you go up. you go upward yeah so and we're like oh maybe if we kind of fold the map on top of itself a little bit and add a third level for a little bit that might help some of stuff so we i've been experimenting actually and part of it was all the new we're incorporating a little bit of the new uh necromunda kind of uh shadow warm again sector mechanicus. mechanicus whatever they call that um i've been trying to i'm thinking i'm going to incorporate some of that which made it a little interesting and in how we can uh, kind of go up a third level so um i think it'll be yeah it'll be good so right now that's kind of the big experiment i got a bunch of prototypes john and i last night were i'm shooting pictures and shooting back and forth with him about and what do you think of this and how can we try that so and he'll probably stop by in the next couple weeks it'll be us to try and finalize that and then build a few more things so sweet excellent how's the uh zombie side board have you expanded out more tiles going with a bigger uh uh well so bigger board I think we're going to go with the same board because, um, yeah, we really only did it once at Nexus. 
So, um, yeah, we'll go with the same. Uh, and I think we put in the same uh, scenario in the, into Adepticon. So, um, yeah, we'll go with the same look and feel there. But, um, yeah, I was going to paint some more um, heroes, and I, I busted them out. And I looked at them real hard, and then I put them away. So, yeah, I thought about painting some stuff, but, yeah, didn't get around to it. So. Hey, happens to the best of us. I do that yeah. every day. <laughs> I look at my models and I go, I should paint these. Yep. Then I so. log in the player unknown and don't paint anything. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Although I, what I have found is if I get knocked out of a match early, I turn around and I paint while I wait for the match to finish when I'm playing with a team. Yep. Then I come back. So I did that last night a few times. That's <laughs> smart. That's smart. It's easy with like dry brushing or basing yep. where mm-hmm. you don't got to pay too much attention. Um. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm getting my ghost ready, and I've got my Gold pretty much done. I've got six spirit hosts pretty much done. Um, spirit hosts are the devil. They are mm-hmm. the hardest thing to assemble that I've put together from Games Workshop, and I have 24. And those them. are the little, like, the white those, ghost like guys? Like, three little ghosts. ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. So, they're, are they, like, they're just spindly? They're, that, they're spindly. Yeah. There's very limited connection points. Mm-hmm. Um, and... They're all the th- you only get three variants, so trying to make them look different or enough mm-hmm. has been tough. So I'm trying like levels and adding some pillars mm-hmm. for them to look like, just to differentiate between yeah. all the bases, so it's not just blobs of ethereal blue. <laughs> um, so working on those, it's it's been fun though. It's going to be a rewarding hobby project. Yeah. But since I'm going to be playing Arkin, that'll be my Morangles are centerpiece models in of themselves. And Arkin's gonna take me a, a bit of work to get him looking where where I want him to. So I got I got a significant amount to do. Um, but you got some done, like something like the Morngull. You've won one that's in pretty good shape, right? Yeah, pretty close. Uh, it's just gonna be don't switch armies because the new <laughs> Nurgle book came out, and yeah. I've got a lot of Blight Kings done, and like my Glockin, <laughs> and like I could buy a greater unclean one. I could buy another box of Blight Kings and have. A pretty mean Nurgle army, but I think everybody on Twitter yeah. is doing Nurgle right now. So it'd be interesting to see how many um, guys actually bring. Yeah, get it, get it done, and bring it to. Too. Uh, and with a rumor of a new death book, uh, like Brendan and yeah. I have been just so excited. He's doing like a daily since they announced the book, like a daily <laughs> Nagash uh, post, which has been really funny to see on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but trying, hoping that doesn't change the meta too much of the. The night hall mm-hmm. list that I have because that would that'd be tough mm-hmm. if that book hits before the rules cut off in February yep. um, to to adapt and adjust. Yeah, so that's the same for so for forty k. I'm doing um, uh, whatever a gentleman's tournament, um, just a three rounder on that Thursday, and I have to figure out what the heck army I'm bringing for that. Um, my fallback would be some kind of ultramarine or i think i did necron something last year um i had this crazy idea about gene sealer cult since i have almost everything painted for space hulk anyway i could kind of get two birds and one stone maybe i don't know um but nothing except marine the problem is necrons don't have a book gene sealer cult doesn't have a new book um and we don't know what's gonna if anything's gonna release in the next month. I don't know. I've never been any significant rumors on that. So I'm I'm kind of like I'm buying time a little bit, and then I'll yeah. Have I mean, to decide the, the big Pulver release, Chain. the Custodies just hit. Yeah. So and I uh, the Chaos Demons just released. 
So, yeah, so I think it'll be around probably Adepticon time before we see another book, uh, yeah. at least 40K book. So I think I'm, I'm safe with not rules not changing a whole lot, but um, so I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to I need to spend a little time on one of those armies because they're all in somewhat decent shape, but I'd like to figure out, finalize a list and then figure out what I need to paint or redo or upgrade my Necrons. A lot of my Necrons are really older models too. And it's so. a gentleman's tournament, so you don't have to worry about facing... Right, and that's the thing. Silly man or uh, yeah, old Uncle Morty. Yeah, it shouldn't be. And but again, the, the idea too is that you want to bring some hobby to that that yeah. tournament too. It's it's more about the complete hobby and not it's not a beat face. Although people are competitive, I mean they want to win everything, but it's a little, little different focus. So that's the thing too is I want to again, it's kind of respecting your opponent. You want to bring something decent to the table too that they want to mm-hmm. take a picture of or play against. So. I know we have another guy at the table here, or at the desk, or at the mm-hmm. whatever we call this thing we record from, that is rumored to be participating in a team tournament, Age of Sigmar. Um, yeah. My understanding is we may have a list. It may be painted. <laughs> uh, so I have a, a bunch of stuff painted. I mean, you know, I could put something together for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I, I actually need to talk with Paul and, and just figure out like what he's officially bringing and then figure out what I need mm-hmm. to bring to kind of complement that. Or, or if we're going to just like double up, like, you know, he's got a list and I have a list that's very similar, you know, and kind of just do like a two headed dragon type thing or, or what. But, um, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of, uh, Sigmarine's done pretty much, so um, I, I know that's what he's he's playing uh, Star Drake and all, a bunch of random other stuff. So um, I, I need to chat with him and, and figure it out. So okay, hey Paul, give me give me a shout. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I think it's really just figuring out what what would work together. So yeah, and then you guys should play a game or two. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Nah. Nah, you'll go in cold. Go in cold. We got it. Cold open. Yep. (laughs) You'll be by how many games? It's only like three games, right? Three three games. games, Yeah. Yeah. Three games. By game three, you'll have it down. There you go. And you'll probably be drunk. Yeah. There you go. So, um, there's another game here road to adepticon ethereum yeah so i gotta collect it yes i gotta put some i'm playing in that event on saturday oh okay so i gotta make sure that i put something together there what collective are you gonna i don't know that's the hard part i have everything except the newest newest res x i have a box of res x there you go yeah isn't saturday when you're doing space hulk no friday Friday. oh friday zombicide is saturday oh okay and then i think after i'm getting my days mixed up yeah what's either 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 when you're doing one of your zombicides or right after i'm doing one of the ethereum events cool all right nice i'll come spectate but yeah it's good so i gotta paint up one something there cool i'm excited to see that and uh, i just have to decide i don't know i like the really the new stuff you've seen the new stuff oh yeah yeah, the concept art for yes. the Ramex. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'll be um I'll be spending a lot of time with Ethereum here in a in a week right. or so as I head out with Will to uh LVO. So So you can build my list for me. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll ask Will what list, what collective should Troy bring, bring. to win every game. <laughs> 
Because I think I have, I have, I don't have everything, but I have a lot of stuff for the first four. Yeah, four factions. I'll I'll get some advice from you know from pro. Um, All right, so playing, hobbying. The other thing we do is a lot of buying. We are junkies for the hobbying games. Yeah, because when you can't hobby, you buy. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, you know, acquisition is hobby. Mm -hmm. In the words of the the great one, Carl Tuttle. All right, so Troy, kick us off here. You spent some right. money at Battlefoam. Yeah, well, I think I talked about uh, around Christmas time, I looked for a solution for my Sylvaneth army because I tried some foam things. And if you know the Sylvaneth, they're a bunch of stick guys that stick kind of like your ghosts or um, your death guys. And so sometimes putting them in foam is not the like, it's just you're fighting with them the whole time. They're protected, but then you're worried about getting branches caught. And, and my giant models, I like, I don't know. I think I actually spent a bunch of money on that. So what I want was the, the Battle Foam Magna Rack solution, which is kind of um, their version of the, what's the other guys? Sorry, it's the Table War. Table War. The Table War cases that have where you have the metal shelves and then you magnetize the bases and then everybody slides on there. Um, Battle Foam has their version of the Magna Rack that slips inside their cases. It's kind of metal with a plastic um, frame around each of the things. And then you have plastic legs that s- sit between the different. You can make it different heights um, to put the different trays together. So a solid construction. Um, pretty good. They weren't. I make the whole set for a, one of my big like 720 bags. Um, it was under 100 bucks around, around the Christmas sale. Um, the only trick, the difference between, I think, why well, I'm giving this kind of a B minus maybe versus the Table War stuff, which is kind of the, the top of the line, is Table War, basically there's no frame around. It's just metal shelves and that kind of slide into the, the the actual case. And so what you can do is you can just slide your miniatures off. Whereas with the frame, I have to kind of pick up the miniatures. So on some of them, I'm you're a little worried about how you're grabbing them to make sure that you're not, you know, pulling them off breaking you know because they are spindly break it off you can't just grab an arm or you got to be kind of careful i'm grabbing it from the base and um and so some of that is um also how big and strong a magnets i was using like some of my big models i kind of put probably too many magnets when i started out and now so they like boom they like stick and then i have to fight to get (laughs) get them (laughs) get them off the tray as i went through i kind of used kind of moderate in terms of mag because you put them you only need like a magnet and it doesn't like move and um and uh and it's pretty solid even and they're, and they're easier to get off so i'm not it, it, when i initially did it i was kind of down i'm like oh this is gonna be kind of a pain but then as i kind of got the balance of like how much do i really need to magnetize them uh, i think i found the the balance there so like i said i would again if you're really going this path table war is probably the way to go uh, this is probably again like a a little cheaper alternative, and if you already own a lot of battle foam bags and things like I do, it kind of makes sense. So I'm gonna get some use out of that. Um, and uh, Sarah, my daughter, also used one to play with. She has like a toy magnet, these little flat magnets that you make some, <laughs> and she's and so Cherry's like, I want you know, you like play with them like on a refrigerator. Yeah, yeah. No, she took. I she took one of the trays and like, used it to <laughs> put the magnets all over. I still haven't got it back. I'm like, like I don't need it all, but I'm like, I'm like you know, that's like a really expensive uh, toy you're playing with there. But so I got double use out of it. There you go. Awesome. Now I am very intrigued about the War in Christmas Village. What is the War in Christmas um, Village? This is all the 
guys at Secret Cabal, Tony, um, he mentioned it. Um, so the war in Christmas Village, um, and I should, do I have the, the link in there? Did you guys look at it all? No. So it's, um, so it's some custom miniatures, Kickstarter. Um, it's basically like Santa Claus, um, Santa Claus, a few snowmen with axes and a little blood. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, I think there's like a zombie uh, reindeer. Mrs. Claus with a gun. Mrs. Cla- yeah. So um, I just saw it and I'm like, all right, next Christmas there's going to be a diorama and there's probably going to be a custom zombicide scenario. That's all I'm saying. Ooh, okay. Um, and so basically they they did a, a recent like kicks War in Christmas Village. Second one is the the was the current um, Kickstarter was going on, but last year they had done the original set, and I actually picked up the original set on eBay um, because it actually has Santa Claus and the Snowman, and I actually like the original set too. I might have also went on the Kickstarter for the new one, but <laughs> well, we'll see with that. So, so those are just fun miniatures, you know, thirty bucks for whatever. Um, but I definitely think they're going to see some time on, on a zombie side scenario. I think that'll be <laughs> excellent. And they're pretty good. I, can, I wish I should actually, I don't know who the company is. I think it's Jackalope um, hmm. is the guys who do it. So, uh, And they are really they're pretty nice. They are, they're plastic. Um, they're not resin. They're actually, they did them in a plastic thing. Uh, so they'll be pretty, uh, they have good detail, but they're going to be, you know, resilient and, and uh, durable. So, and they're fun. There's going to be fun. So, but I have until War. next Christmas probably to paint them up. So war in Christmas village. Yep. All right. Um, so I was glad to see this the other day. I put it up on our, uh, one of our social media forums that we use. I forget if it was Twitter where I retweeted or Facebook or discord, mm-hmm. but Badger airbrush was doing a birthday, uh, sale for the owner's birthday. Um, was it 54% or $54? There was nope. like a yeah. flat. Yeah. Um, he was turning 54. So yeah, uh, all airbrushes were $54 he was selling for. So, um, so I understand you guys both, uh, made some purchases. Yeah. Nope. I, I went back and forth. I was like, do I want to do this? Do I not want to do this? And I've always kind of wanted to learn how to airbrush. So I'm like, well, what better time if they're selling them for, essentially half off you know uh when it all when it's all sudden done so um yeah i picked up uh the patriot um which is like kind of a entry level brush and then um the 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 chrome chrome. yeah so and that's a little bit more advanced level so i'll kind of shelve that one until (laughs) i'm a little bit more experienced but um yeah definitely something i want to learn how to do so and Troy, you what'd you get? Uh, I might have picked up a couple too. There you and go. I did. Yeah, I grabbed the Patriot because I don't have. I think what do I have a Renegade right now. Uh, I just wanted a Patriot because I think that's a little bigger needle size, better for like just where we what we use it mostly for, which is like you know base coating and terrain and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I picked up a Sotar, which is a little bit more of the detail brush because again, I, I want to get to that skill level of like feeling I can use a detail brush and and do it. But we'll see. I'm taking a class at Adepticon. Um, with uh, uh, CKH Studios, the guys um, oh, up there. Oh, cool. Um, I think it's about like a terrain or a big model class. I think that's the thing. It's like Sunday afternoon. It's like, um, it's not like one of their big, huge ones, but they're doing like just 
bigger vehicle things I'm like well that's what i like to do right so it feels like that so hopefully i'll get some stuff out of that. i assume i'll get some out of that and um keep moving along i've been using trying to use it more and more especially with my sylvaneth um, to do it so i felt like yeah for 54 dollars even if yeah it feels like even if it sits there for a little bit i'm not going to feel bad right um, and like i said you can always flip them probably if uh if you find it it's sitting there and never get used so yeah mm-hmm. I, from a spacing standpoint and just uh when i paint i use brushes i don't think i'm ready or willing to learn new skills once i see duncan Rhodes start doing his uh, warhammer tv videos with an airbrush then i'll switch but until then hand-painted brush two thin coats and duncan i trust (laughs) yeah i just been finding i can get i can get something to tabletop pretty quick like drycha um i think where i was playing you and basically i went from like assemble it like i and i felt i'm like i wanted like all right I, i'm not gonna put her gray on the table i'm gonna do it but i was able to like, like quickly primer base coder kind of block in some of the yellow spots on there and get it to like kind of the initial base and big colors on there um you know really quick within one sitting and then then i took it and i used the brush to kind of then finish it off over the next week or whatever so that's why i've been fine i've been able to use the airbrush to kind of get a model like that one which is you know the sylvanoff have been great because they're so spindly and like to get in there with a brush and base oh, it would have been oh, I'm, you know, I'm yeah. living that struggle man yeah so that's where i think again but i don't in the end it you know by the time you do the airbrush you have to clean it and prep it mix makes your paints are good and do you have everything you know so you're spending some time there but it, there is some savings and to get there and i still fight with it mine though so that's why i'm continually still learning and but like everybody said it's practice practice and keep going so but, Excellent. Uh, yeah, good deal. So we, I mean, we to, the deal is over. So we feel bad that people aren't. Yeah, but, sorry, sorry. but maybe you'll find people who are dumping their fifty dollars airbrushes on, <laughs> yeah, I mean, a, on eBay. A ton but, of people yeah. bought, um, or at least responded yeah. and yeah. started that process. So. Yeah. Um, all right. I know I've been talking about Gaslands a little bit. Yep. I'm hoping this means you bought it. Um, I. Th- think i did oh yes i did because i found it on because i found it on amazon because i was like like oh i should just pick it up and then i'm like oh it's on amazon for like yeah under ten dollars something that boom um so i did that and then along the way i'm gonna start hobbying up some matchbox cars yeah and then what i also at the same time what got me kind of down that path is this whatever this month the next couple weeks there's a bundle of holding for the old original car wars rules uh, all the PDFs, and so I might have bought that from nostalgia perspective. Again, I'm, it's pretty bad when you're buying games twice because back in the '80s, I had owned all the original Car Wars stuff, and all the, <laughs> that came. And it was funny, like it came in these little like plastic. Um, I don't know what you call it, plastic like closed cases, kind of like a miniature, like a DVD case would be before there were DVDs about that size that it would actually have the little clip and you'd open it and that's the rules were like a folded map kind of <laughs> like they were really the whole steve jackson car war stuff was all you know we'd lay out the maps of paper and then you'd have your little cardboard cutout cars that you put in. and nowadays yeah like Gaslands, where they're like hey model up your your, well, your yeah. hot wheel so, cars so and- osprey uh publishing who's done um, a number of source books for RPGs and historical miniatures uh, a couple years ago got in the Frostgrave, the skirmish mm-hmm. uh, fantasy game. That's also on Amazon, and I noticed. So, yeah, yeah. So I might have bought the Frostgrave uh, <laughs> core book too, just because it's like, it, no, it was like $2. I don't, and I don't know why this comes Unreal. out, if it's still there. The core book for, for uh, Frostgrave was only like $2 on Amazon. Nice. 
I think Crazy. Get, you, get you to buy in, get you in for, and then all the other books will be ten dollars, twenty dollars. <laughs> so <laughs> they do some really cool stuff. So it's, yeah. I'm I'm interested to read, it. and that's new. I mean, I think Gaslands came mm-hmm. out in November, mm-hmm. so very new. Want to check that out? And then I'm interested in. We got to play it, but I'm also interested in. Could you upscale it? Like, could I take what I'm thinking is? Could you take orc, like orc 40k buggies, mm-hmm. and use like a Gasland rule set and play on like a giant, a big, you know? I, I don't know. Yeah. This is me. I'm always blowing things, blowing up the scale. Like, this could be cool, and that could be like a cool like a con event or something else like that. But yeah, that's why we, I think we want to get some airtime on the Gasland rules and see because they seem pretty straightforward and simple. Simple enough, but have enough meat to them that there could be some fun to it. So we'll report back, I think, in a future episode. Yeah, definitely. We'll revisit that one. Um, then, I've I bought... Yeah, Ty, the rest of the stuff on here kind of looks like... Uh, looks like your handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the new Nurgle book, um, the Maggot Kin, Maggot Kin of Nurgle, um, came out. Um New battle tone, new rules makes Nurgle really cool. Talked a little bit about um, how I think there's going to be a ton of Nurgle at Adepticon with you guys. But uh, um, I bought the book. I'm trying not to change armies before Adepticon. <laughs> Desperately trying not to. Um, I had a chat with Future Ty. He told me that <laughs> it was a bad decision and I shouldn't do it. But I bought the book anyway. So. Um, I bought more ghosts. I, I was saying, do you own a lot of Nurgle already? You do, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. I've, I've got, I've got like sixteen hundred points of mm-hmm. Nurgle. I'm a greater unclean one, a Lord of Blights away from a very right, competitive right. Um, Nurgle army mm-hmm. right now with the new book. So, um, then I bought some more Spirit Hosts. I'm not sure yet if I'm running eighteen or twenty four in my list, uh, give or mm-hmm. take, you know, two hundred forty points that I might mess around with. And then I also bought a box of Blood Angel Primaris uh, aggressors, and I saw a really funny thing online that was calling them passive aggressors. Because <laughs> um, some of the names of the Primaris stuff yeah, is a little, a little I, weird. I don't, I have not, because I haven't got a lot of Primaris. I, I can't keep them straight. Like, I need to like look up when somebody says it's the aggressor. I'm like, which yeah, one the, is that? The aggressors like, look kind of like the big, um, not quite obviously dreadnought size. But they're like the new Terminators, almost, right? Whatever the the, the Centurions, Centurion, right. a little bit yep. bigger. They've got the Boltstorm Gauntlets or the mm. Flamestorm yep. Gauntlets. So they just put out when they're stationary, mm. they double their shots. It's like three d six and then twelve. So you're rolling mm. just a ton of dice. Um, they're good for holding backfield yep. objectives and throwing, you know, a lot of bolter fire in, in the stuff. So. Someday, when I finish my Death Guard and I get back to my Blood Angels after I finish my Death and my Nurgle and all this other stuff, I want to have a Primaris yeah. Blood Angel Force. So, working on that. Um, and trying not to be distracted by Kickstarter. There's some <laughs> crazy stuff going on Kickstarter. Uh, most recently, Hate. Uh, Adrian Smith's comic book, Hate. Uh, cool Mini or Not. Um, the, develop- the designers from Guillotine Games. Mike McVeigh, uh, McVeigh Studios, doing the miniatures, Adrian Smith Art. It. I don't know how I'm going to avoid pledging for this one because of who's involved. Yeah. I don't know a thing. I have intentionally not looked at the game at all. I don't know what the gameplay is like, but Adrian Smith, Mike McVeigh, and Guillotine Games. I. That's all I need, and I think that's all anyone needs because they've funded a million dollars in 20 minutes. Yeah. 
and those <laughs> miniatures look awesome yeah and, yeah yeah it's like uh, initially i almost like because i had seen the preview of the miniatures and they showed like some of those big guys and yeah. those are in their right they're 32 or 35 millimeter scale so they're all they're gonna be big miniatures pretty cool to and it just as like a painting project right it's like oh like i don't even know but yeah so i'm i am holding out i just want to kind of watch one of the gameplay videos um what i was reading makes me kind of because it feels like it's a um i don't know like medium weight game like it's probably not as involved as like a blood rage and but more than more more than like a zombie side you know it's more heads up adversarial yeah um your tribe versus another Mm -hmm. tribe um combat heavy yeah but on a board i i don't know so yeah i want to i want to check and i think they were saying like like underworlds to me a little bit like just like Mm -hmm. the the you know skirmish style type i don't know yeah and it seemed like the gameplay length again i should just go and read the is was fairly like under two hours more hours or what i will say incredibly mature i mean adrian's Mm -hmm. most hate is (laughs) over the top graphic violence and adult content and and the game i think captured that that was a big part of getting adrian on board with it was it's his he didn't want to compromise darkness and violence (laughs) Uh, so it is an extremely mature um, game. Yeah, and which is why is it? It's only on Kickstarter. They are only releasing it on Kickstarter, um, and that was the reason they gave is because they because it is a very much adult title. Um, they probably weren't sure how they were gonna kind of market it outside of that, um, which is interesting because I'm that's always makes you like well if you're if I really want it I need to decide if I'm gonna get it. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, it's only available in secondary market or. Who knows? Like, will Simon have it something direct order? Maybe who knows? Right? Um, doesn't they're not what, saying that right now? No, they're saying what, it's Kickstarter and that's here, here's it. Here's so. what will happen: I'll kickstart it now in January, <laughs> and they'll say you'll have it in it's, September or October. I mean, it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, well, I think it's but, a year. I think they're saying yeah. like January. But what's going to happen? I'm going to go to to Gen Con. And they're going to have copies of Hate for Sale <laughs> because that's what Simon does oh, every single time they do a Kickstarter. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, check it out. It, it looks really cool. Uh, if you're 18 and up, please. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we have any you know kids yeah. listening, but um, that does look awesome. So make the decision. If I don't buy it, Troy, I hope you'll buy it. Well, and the same thing. If I don't, if you don't buy it, or if I don't buy it, I hope you buy it. Yeah. So that's I, I'm on it because again, there's there's so many Kickstarters that are kind of like already in the queue. Mm-hmm. That are still coming from Seabon, and yeah, you know, my we have uh, Rising green, Sun hasn't shipped yet. Yeah, Rising green Sun, Green Horde spring, is will be here summer. soon. Yeah, um, and we'll see. Yeah, and yeah. so it, things are stacking up. <laughs> Definitely, that's Massive always darkness case, is already stacked up in the. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it, another, but again, there's uh, yeah, we'll see. This one has a little special place though, so mm-hmm. interesting though. Yeah. The, the collector in me probably will get it just because it's, it, like I said, yep. it's Adrian Smith, it's Mike McVeigh, and it's Guillotine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate to say it, like I may kind of flip Rising Sun and kind of save this spot for this one or something. But yeah. All right, next up, Nemesis, board game, Awaken Realms, next project. Yeah, so this has got me, yeah, Awaken Realms is what got me interested in it as I stumbled on this. Uh, so Awaken Realms is the uh, the company that's done um, the... They did This War of Mine. This War of Mine, which is a big one. Recently. And then also Lord of Hellas, I think, is one of their, uh, also one of their more recent 
recent titles. And this looks interesting from it's uh, trying to get kind of that. It looks like kind of that aliens movie feel or kind of, you know, any of the sci-fi kind of horror uh, survival type. Uh, that's the idea is what they're going for. It looks very, I mean, the miniatures look very alienish, uh, like, um, and it looks like you're just, you know, you're basically trying to survive. Uh, and I think it's co-op-ish. Um, uh, one to five players, semi-co-op horror, try and survive. You have some, again, um, semi-co-op. So you have your own objectives. So sounds interesting. Um, I may have to do a little bit more research and see if it, um, it's worth throwing some money at um, <laughs> that. So that Kickstarter, I think, is relatively new, though, if I recall. Yeah, it's got, got it's got about tw- we got about as we record this, we got about twenty days left. Yeah. So and you got some time on hate uh, yep. to check out on the same same wavelength, but different audience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another Kickstarter game where they've had some good success. This company, Gameling Games, um, Tiny Epic. It, they dropped it was kind of a stealth kickstarter i didn't see a lot of build-up for it mm-hmm. or anything and it was all of a sudden just there tiny epic zombies mm-hmm. so that's their foray in the modern day zombie outbreak at a mall yeah. um i think you play through three different scenarios yeah it looks like again looks like you have some little little heroes i think the claim to fame on this is they're using the same the next version of the um what they call meeple people or meeples where the the meeples have little holes that you can put little yeah, weapons and guns and custom. Nice. So it looks like they did it in tiny epic, tiny epic quest. Um, and they took that same kind of technology and stuff and they're kind of upping a little bit for uh, the tiny epic zombies. So it, it, yeah. it looks interesting that what happens on these is it's like a $25 pledge mm-hmm. to get in on the deluxe. Mo- and so it's, even if the game is iffy, you're like, oh, it's $25. They don't take up much shelf space. <laughs> right. And they don't, yeah, you can have a stack of them. Yeah, so. For sure. Um, so that one may get my money. Wait, wait, you're going to buy another tiny Epic game? I think so. Be still my heart. Yeah. I just, I just picked up a tiny Epic Western <laughs> and tiny Epic quest at yep. midwinter. I yep. left that nice. off purchasing, but, um, was it Camara? Uh, yep. it does their buy one, get one half off. So I got the two of them for like $38 or whatever. Perfect. So let's let's take a break. I'm exhausted after playing, hobbying, and buying all that stuff. Uh, take a break. We'll come back with our main topic, our discussion around our 2018 hobby and gaming goals. Welcome back. It is time to talk about our 2018 hobby and gaming goals. Here on Playing and Slaying, we often play by hobby. Figured, let's talk about what we hope to achieve this year. I know Troy uh, has set some very lofty goals. Uh, I want to hit five digits on my miniature market lifetime purchase total. Wow. No. No. Have you guys seen that? No, No. I don't look at it. Miniature market evil. They there's like so you go in like your account and they added this recently. They total up like your total amount of money you've spent with them. <laughs> and uh, at least for me, it's a ridiculous number. And you're like, you guys, like, why would you? Why would you show me that? Stop it. Yeah, yeah. So we've got uh, essentially our hobby and gaming New Year's resolution, right? 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something we'll work towards for the first month of the year, forget about until the end of the year. There you go. And then press reset and get new ones next Mm -hmm. year. Yeah. Scramble right at the end to try to accomplish it. All right. So without further ado, Troy Weiss, your 2018 hobby goal. My My hobby goal is to get, kind of as I talked about a little bit before, really get my 40 my 40k armies have been neglected probably for the last five years i've been we've been playing on and off but i don't have like because i haven't played competitively or gone to a tournament i I did last year but even my necrons i just scraped stuff together made it kind of presentable so i want to get two of my armies kind of up to like the level i have myself in i feel that where i'm kind of proud of them everything's complete-ish that you know that i want and i can play with them in a couple of different varieties so i have enough you know 2000 ish points or 100 plus power level whatever we're doing in enough 40K. variation that enough not variation the so thing. not the same thing but i have you know a couple of units i can swap in and out and do that and get probably at least probably get one of my ultramarines to that level um and then one other one of my armies whether that's necrons or it'll probably depend what books come out this year or do i kind of go down some because i have a bunch of chaos models that have been primed for years that are waiting for um me to decide to do that and the, the chaos marine book is out so <laughs> might go down that path so i'm not gonna commit to what the other army is because i'm trying to figure out what what they may be i'm really waiting for the necron book like if a necron book drops sometimes early this year i think i'll go all in and really and so two completed fully hobbied warhammer forty thousand armies yep two thousand points um, yeah, hundred hundred power plus, hundred plus power level. Yeah, let me say hundred hundred power level plus one or two more units you can swap in and out. So I like it, Joshua. How about you? Hobby goal twenty eighteen. Uh, my hobby goal for twenty eighteen is to never play a game with gray models. Uh, at least a three color standard uh, for every model that I play with in twenty eighteen. So. Whether that means I have to gimp a list because I don't have you know the, the right amount of stuff, or I need to scramble and, and paint some stuff up before you know we get together for a game day or something, um, yeah, that's my goal is to never play with a gray model. Never play with the gray horde. Right. Okay. Yep. Wondering, what should we? That's lofty. Should we like put a like? Where he's gonna play less. But what what if he comes with gray and he just has to like pay you and I ten dollars every time he does it? <laughs> like a fine? Yeah, like a fine. Yeah, like it's yeah, like it's okay. I mean, ten dollars is a lot. Well, then <laughs> you won't. I'm, how committed are you to this? I'm committed. I'm committed. Well, well, then it could right, be a hundred. So Why not this be a C bill, right? <laughs> Why not a C bill? Yeah, I'll just bring a hundred dollars every time I come. All right. No, they're all painted. See, now yeah. you're. I don't know what to believe. All right, ten dollars. We're doing the ten dollars thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Okay, you can donate to a charity. You know, all, right. all right, the charity of Ty and yeah. Troy. Deal. Yeah. Yeah. Ty, what about you? Whew, what about me? Well, I got to finish an army for Adopticon, so I'll take the shortcut and just say get my Nighthawn army ready for Adopticon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that doesn't feel lofty enough mm-hmm. or ambitious enough. 2,000 points of Death Guard, 2,000 points of Nighthawn, 2,000 points of Nurgle this year, fully mm-hmm. hobbied. I like it. Okay. That's pretty lofty. I think it's doable, though. Yeah. You could do it, but it's definitely mm. lofty, so I like it. It'll get there. And the heroes from Black Plague 
painted in that Frank Miller concept style. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is cool. cool. So you have to describe that yeah. for the listener. Yeah, very pixelated black and white. So a lot of dry brushing, yes. some zenithal highlighting probably to start with the primer. And then the weapons in red, like a dark mm-hmm. red um, with probably some blood splatter across the black and white. And I think that'll pop really cool against the zombies that I have painted. It'll look mm-hmm. really cool on the board with the zombies in color, kind yep. of the drab, like blood soaked color. And then the, the black and white heroes, I think, would look really, really cool. So that's it. Four very big projects. A lot of work to do. It's going to happen. But it's going to help that I'm playing in a number of tournaments this year. Right. To, I think those are what, those are nice deadlines to get armies done. Yeah, I know that's what always more like Adepticon motivates me to get some stuff done, and then used to be when we did stuff at Gen Con and things like that. So we just have to probably pick some milestones later in the year. Mm-hmm. Sounds Excellent. Good. All right. Um, next up, since we have a, a segment of the show dedicated to playing, let's talk about what our gaming, like our our true playing uh, side of things, what we want to get done. Josh, I'm going to let you start off with your your playing 2018 goal well so we used to kind of have like a weekly bi-weekly or at least monthly gaming scheduled uh that we you know we'd all you know visit either the bod or or here at the brew house or your house tie um and we would play and i feel like that's kind of fallen off the radar so i really want to get that scheduled again so i know it's not a super lofty goal but it's definitely something that i think would benefit our group so uh, i want to kind of get that out there again and get folks invited and and play some more games two weeks from tomorrow what are you guys doing just kidding Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I figured let's start now. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, no. on the calendar. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm in. No, I agree. That would be good. That would be good. Look at Josh thinking about the community. Yep. Thinking about his group. Yep. And get some board games. Because I think we what it's the ebb and flow. I think we've seen us kind of dip back to the miniature side, which means that sometimes it gets harder. We don't. We, we lose or we opt out of the board game night right. to, to play the miniature side or the RPG side sometimes. Right, it's kind of this ebb and flow as we all have kind of a little bit of finite schedules, but some of it too is just like getting it on the like, hey, let's plan to do this, and then right, and even if it's just it. monthly, like yep. you know, just get get yeah, a make, night where we play, yeah, making the commitment, making the effort, and I mean, we you know, between work and family and yep. other stuff, we've all had a fair bit on our plate the last few months. Yep. Um. So once once we get out of winter too, it yep. always helps to kind of move in the spring and get con season started up and get yep. back in the the habit so to speak of of playing make me feel like a degenerate though because i feel like i'm playing three nights a week like i have a problem (laughs) (laughs) troy uh what about you for your gaming slash playing uh goal so my goal which is like a continuation of this year is to actually finish our pandemic legacy game so we're we're like in april i think as far as we made uh and then we kind of got to, it was like summer, uh, and literally we were probably in April, in April, or no, we were probably in March in about April of this year, and then our we kind of, our co-op crew kind of fell off the wagon um, in terms of summertime, everybody was kind of out and whatever in this fall, it always seems like somebody's got something going on, 
Uh, so we really want to get back to it because we had we're having a blast with that game. It, it's so much fun. So it'd be fun to and like you kind of somebody added to notes here is there's there's a season two that's just sitting out there waiting for that we could just roll right into and keep going. So, um, but it'd be good to yeah kind of get that accomplishment of like hey yeah we made it all the way through uh, pandemic legacy. Very cool, Tyson. I want to yeah playing. I have to do. I have to do this. You do, mm-hmm. man. I hate golds. Goals set me up for failure. <laughs> gotta have goals. Like being complacent. I don't want to dream. You, you um, gotta be a dreamer, Ty. <laughs> so I want to play in five tournaments um, mm-hmm. this year. So uh, you got one knocked out. Yeah, one one knocked mm-hmm. out. Uh, Adepticon for sure. Um, I'm not going to count Adepticon as two, even though I'm playing mm-hmm. in the team tournament and the individual. We we'll uh, count that as an additional one. So. Yeah. So so I'd like to so get in two. five tournaments. Because another goal that I had in mind is I want to make sure I play um, 50 games of Age of Sigmar this year. So, you know, with sprinkling in tournaments where you get in between three and five games in a weekend, um, plus the prep for it, I, I think I can get there. But I, I think five tournaments is kind of the goal with the grand goal of 50, uh, 50 games. Sense. I like it. So. Good deal. I don't know. It seems like a lot, but... It's like one a week, you know, minus the tournaments, right? So yeah. when you add the tournaments yep. in, then you're not, yeah. you know, stretching that so much. It's like in every other week with yep. with a handful of five with games. Right. tournaments, right? Yep. So I think I can do it. You can be on the tour. You can be on the pro tour. <laughs> <laughs> well, so there's there's all this talk about England has the Masters, the UK yep. Masters, and their tournament scene, and the the Midwest trying to instill that. So. Brendan and those guys, and a big part of my 2018 gaming goals is this guys from Milwaukee, kind of a competitive gaming club where everybody's motivating the other players to get to the tournaments, um, you know, kind of just upping the competitive miniature gaming uh, scene in Milwaukee. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that, but um, hopefully some big things in the future. But I think it's important. I see some other goals out here. These are more, I don't want to call them metaphysical because they're very real, but they're, <laughs> they walk that line. It's like hobby game goal. It's like a, a, an amalgam. So, Troy, you've got um, you've got one here that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I think this year I'd like, I'm trying to figure out, um, and I've been trying for the last couple of years, and, but this year I wanted to get it, is just to get to a new convention. Um, whether that's, um, there's a lot of really cool stuff on, like, Ty, you went to the PAX Unplugged. That sounds like that that could be interesting. Um, we just missed PAX South, which is down by Ben. Um, mm-hmm. So that, again, the opportunity to to hit that one. Um, I don't know if War Origins wouldn't really count, maybe, if we do that, something like that. Um, but I just wanted to try and maybe hit a, a different convention or just to kind of mix things up because we've been going to the same kind of stuff, like same same things, but I want to kind of branch out and see if we can hit Hit something new this year, um, just for a new experience. You can come to Vegas with me and Will next week. I know, yeah. I've been asking every... <laughs> Maybe I can just stow away. Yeah. Maybe I can just say I'm working late. Ah, uh, you know, I got this big project. <laughs> I'm going to be working late Friday. I don't know if I'll make it home until yeah. Sunday yeah. night. Until Sunday, yeah. Or just I just need to have like a robot that like... So Sherry thinks I came home on Saturday, even though I never did. Uh, <laughs> uh, Josh, anything that lays kind of in that gray area between hobby and gaming for you? Uh, I, this is kind of more in the hobby, um, but I've I've 
been wanting to build some wargaming terrain uh, with all the Hearst Arts mold stuff. Um, I've had, I think I might have mentioned this, but uh, I've had an idea of like a corn blood fountain, you know, with like a skull kind of dripping blood into like a fountain type thing. I've had this idea in my head, and then also um, I have the tomb like kind of crypt from Hearst Arts um, that uh, I think you're actually using some of those pieces for your um, for your death army, so that's cool. Um, but yeah, I, I want to get at least one terrain piece built this year because I've had all those casted and I haven't really done a whole lot with them. So uh, b- besides the uh, zombie side stuff, so yeah, want to knock that out. And then uh, I, I guess in addition to that, I want to learn how to airbrush. So maybe these terrain pieces would be a good, <laughs> good practice <laughs> you know, thing. I could at least prime them with the, with the airbrush and yeah, practice with mm-hmm. it. So because uh, yeah, terrain's a little bit more forgiving than yep. small models. So yeah, I'm with you on that one. Maybe I'll add that one as a B. Just learn to airbrush better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, when I eventually get my badger airbrushes, uh, get ask, uh, play with them a little bit. So. Excellent. All right, Ty, what about you? I don't know. um, Nothing really jumps off off the page, and I didn't do the prep work that you guys did to actually think about it. (laughs) (laughs) I think you should run an RPG at Gen Con. Run an RPG at Gen Con? Um, I think that's an untapped... Having you you run a con event, I think, is an untapped uh, resource. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I love GMing. I just don't like GMing for strangers. So it would be a, a weird weird middle ground. Um, I would, that being said, though, I would, would like to get um, conclusion to our, our ongoing <laughs> Dungeons & Dragons campaign. And I, I think if we can get back to a couple sessions where we're getting to the point where I'm feeling good about where it's going and we're getting to some of the big cataclysmic clashes. So I'd I'd like to see that maybe not end, but get get closer to, to resolution mm-hmm. um, this this year. I think that would be good. So either running a con RPG game under the forced pressure of my friends, <laughs> or uh, getting getting our ongoing um, Dungeons and Dragons yeah. campaign. There. Maybe it's a hybrid where Ty runs an RPG for us at a con. Yeah, I would do <laughs> that. I think it's his badge paid for. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'd do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we've got some cool things coming in the RPG front between uh, I'm getting Dusk City Outlaws any day now. Um, second edition Outbreak Undead might be later this year. I mean, there's there's a lot on the horizon that I'm pretty the new, excited about. Uh, Wrath and Blood, R- yeah. 40K RPG, I'm really excited. Yeah. I keep watching the notes for Wrath that. and Glory. Yeah, Wrath right. and Glory, yeah. yeah. So there's, there's a lot coming. Um, should be fun. So 2018 is going to be a big year. Keep us honest on our goals. We'll check back in every so often and maybe talk about them. Um, See how much money Josh has given us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for now, we are going to just take a moment to gather our thoughts and come back with a play it or slay it review of The Expanse. Play it or slay it review of The Expanse. WizKids brought this board game out at Gen Con, I believe it released this yep. year. Uh, designed by Jeff Engelstein, who did uh, Space Cadets, The Dragon and Flagon Inn, um, Fog of War. I feel like I should know, but it's, it's not ringing a bell 
Uh, it's his newer. I haven't played yeah. it either, but it's uh, um, one of his newer games. But ultimately, a board game, card, very card driven, uh, focuses on area control amongst the different sectors and planets um, using an action point allowance or event. So you can trigger either um, an action, uh, gaining action points and do things with them, or trigger the event if it matches your faction. Um, Plays two to four players. It has a lot of similarities to the mechanics of Twilight Struggle or um, the election games from Z-Man like Nixon versus Kennedy or Obama-McCain. There's an Obama-McCain? Yeah, yeah. Is there really? They took the Nixon Kennedy and did oh, Obama. And McCain. That's funny. Yeah, it's good, <laughs> but it's not the Expanse. Um, so, <laughs> the Expanse we've talked Should, a lot. Can we about talk about that game? Can we talk about? I want to talk about this Nixon. Uh, not Obama. Obama, McCain. Obama McCain thing. I think I lived next through time. that. No. Next time. Um, so, uh, the Expanse based on the uh, television show and book series by James S. A. Corey. Um, which started with Leviathan Wakes. The show has gone through kind of two seasons on sci-fi. And the board game is set in that world. So you have the OPA, you have the UN, you have the um, Mars and... The protogen. The protogen, the the alien bacteria, the four factions. Um, All of the art seems to be images from the uh, show. Yeah, and I think, again, the... Again, even though there's the book series, I believe uh, you know the game is ba- like it's a license from the TV license show, from the series, TV yeah. show. So you'll only see like the art is all from is screen last screenshot stuff from the TV show, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's the like the material that they you know could kind of go from. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's space area control. You're a galactic power trying to control um, more planets. Um, there's a victory point track as you complete different things and score. There's scoring rounds. And yeah, the scoring round, I mean, right, which is similar to Twilight Struggle. Mm-hmm. I think that's an interesting one of the, in, in this style of game. One of the interesting things is where basically the scoring comes up as a card, and basically someone has to then initiate the scoring, which is an interesting mechanic, right? Because you're right. basically trying to do it at a time when. It's most advantageous to you and least to someone else, or at least, or maybe it's, you know, you're in the best worst spot that you can be and you want to force a, a scoring round or something. So I, I, I like that as a mechanic, especially in Twilight Struggle. And it's interesting here. Um, and it's also the end game mechanic, I think, is that last scoring card comes up that ends the game kind right. of at that point. Yeah, it's part of the deck, and so it come, comes up randomly, right. and so you're not. You, you might be in a good position, you might not be, and you you always have to kind of yeah. play for that. So yeah, it's interesting. Definitely. Um, overall, uh, the game components. I was a little. I was personally disappointed. You want? We're gonna go into this now. This uh, is good. Like our. our thing. I, I just want to dive yep. in. Yep. So <laughs> so you've got cards, and you've got tokens to signify yep. your fleets and you've got little cubes to represent your your influence mm-hmm. um i mean wooden cubes influence okay uh tokens um cardboard circles no. yep i would have liked some plastic ships or you know something to represent my fleets but um cards once again the arts the tv show art so similar to some of the other shows out there um for instance yep. spartacus 
yep. had a lot of the television show art um sons of anarchy you know firefly yep. even used some of the uh yeah but i would but, think yeah i again if you're gonna complain if you're gonna compare sorry i'm complaining um <laughs> that's a freudian <laughs> slip there um yeah so i think that was one of the the disappointments in this game um is was the component quality um it's interesting to see other people talk about the game and they seem to be giving it a pass i don't know i'm not willing to give it a pass i mean i think the, this is this is the worry with whiz kids i mean they've been trying to get better but in the end it's kind of that disappointment like oh guess what it's this whiz kids quality of game um and we've seen the gameplay improve from whiz kids i think we're still waiting for the component quality to get to what we're expecting from other and i think people are like oh it's a whiz kids game and they're not holding it up to the standard that yeah. it needs to be um and again for the this was a 40 some dollar game I don't, I, I, you know, is the license costing them that much on the thing? It, it again, you compare it to like, you know, uh, Century Gollum edition that was also a, that was a premium, you know, that was full retail price, $40 game. Um, and just, you know, we, there we had, you know, nice, the, the, the component quality is much different um, in here. So I know that was one of the big disappointments for me in this game is I expected a little bit more. Um, and I think we got to keep, holding whiz kids to the fire to like <laughs> well especially considering the ip they i mean working partnering with games workshop, workshop um you know an ip that's very near and dear to us to to see component quality kind of take a step back from yep. some of what we've we've seen from other game companies but so so components you know maybe maybe miss the mark mm-hmm. a little bit um how did you guys feel about the gameplay for the expanse? How did it feel going through taking the turns, completing the actions and and then scoring the points? One of the things I think they did really well is differentiating the factions. So mm. like the protogen had a, an ability where you could wipe off uh, an influence and replace it with so it's it's essentially taking uh, what would take another uh, faction two actions and it was mm. just a one action ability for the protogen and that kind of is themey to the protogen you know you're kind of taking over you know the body essentially of somebody right mm-hmm. um the the mars uh faction had big ships Better you know ships, so no. you had you know big battleships that are uh you know take two damage to kill or whatever so it, things like that i think they they hit the mark there um with with the game design so i thought that was kind of cool um, so I, I know we're kind of bagging on the game a little bit, but I, I thought at least from a faction differentiation standpoint, they, they, they nailed it, uh, to the theme of the different factions. Yeah. I think theme, uh, theme was an element where they kind of hit. I mean, it felt like you were in the expanse, I think. I'll, I'll let you guys, I, I'll disagree. <laughs> I, and, and, okay. and, and cause I, that's the one thing too, where I didn't, I, I think there's, there's a good game here. I think the gameplay is good. I didn't quite get the same and i shouldn't say it because i maybe it's what i'm looking for and my expectations were different um in terms of yeah i think you're playing an expanse game what i didn't get is the feel and what i really enjoy and again what i'm going back to is twilight struggle Mm -hmm. or 1960s yeah when i play those games and i think it and it's the card when i play those games every single one of those cards like inspire some like oh that's some historical event and i'm like I'm get, besides making the choice, I'm also kind of living the oh yeah, this is when that happened. This is when Nixon beat his shoe on the Chinese, you know, <laughs> people or yeah, and and 
I didn't see that with the cards that came up. It was very, you know, it was kind of mechanical in terms of, oh, this this thing is four points or it does this thing. And then there was some name on it that went to something on the show. And so that was missing for me, which I was hoping I would get out of the game. So maybe that's an expectation thing where I was going and I wasn't. And so I'm like, if I like the gameplay is really good, but if I want to get, I'm really want to go play Twilight Struggle or I want to go play one of the election games. Um, even though yeah. there's a good game, and I, I think that's why this game is rated pretty well. Like you talk, I mean, you have the um, non what's the word for not the same factions, right? The factions play differently. The gameplay, you know, so there's a good game here. I just feel like between the component quality and it didn't buy me all the way in on the theme that it kind of like fell a little short. Yeah, in terms of that. Yeah, from from a gameplay standpoint, I think we got done, and mm-hmm. one of my first thoughts when we were done playing was good, not great. If I was going to play this game two-player, I wouldn't. I would play Twilight mm-hmm. Struggle or one of the election mm-hmm. games. The four-player element, that's that's actually one of the things I, I liked least mm-hmm. about the game mm-hmm. was to use the events, you had to have your faction on the card. And mm-hmm. I think some of them felt like that faction, but I, I felt like it imbalanced play a few turns. Mm-hmm. I felt like it... Um, it limited my choice. I was not looking at cards for the event and the action and making that decision. I was looking at, I don't have a card out there that has my faction. I have to take the best action point and play it. Whereas those other games always have something appealing to playing the card. So I don't know if that gameplay piece was due to the, the adding three and four players and, and how they kind of split those out. But that was the biggest detractor from a gameplay standpoint for me was the turns in which I looked at the spread of cards and I said, well, I can use that one because my faction's on it. I can't use these four that my faction isn't on. Right. So you're just kind of like, yeah, yeah. What, where's the points so value I was, on I was shipping my turn, doing something, you know, yeah. just... And it, it kind of took me out of the game a few times. Not not from like a competitive mm-hmm. victory point standpoint, but just from uh, this turn doesn't matter. Okay, let's see what everybody else does. And then it comes around the table. And it just it felt kind of slow to get back to mm-hmm. you. Whereas those other games in area control where it's heads up, you're more engaged. Mm-hmm. I felt like this one was harder to interact with all players. And Yeah, because again, because like in the two-player games, right, you're very like... While you're doing your thing, I'm pretty much like, oh yeah, I'm, you're trying to, you're pretty much figuring out what your what your options are for your turn, and then you may be affected by what you do. And this, you know, the state can change a lot mm-hmm. just by the time it gets back to you that you're you, you couldn't you can plan somewhat, but you didn't know what was going to happen. And then like somebody like said, one of these cards that would come up can really shift the <laughs> the balance of what things are happening. It, in it there, felt so. really swingy to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, and yeah. again, I think the it's probably a pretty balanced it seems like it's a pretty balanced game from a like a core gameplay and i think that's why the choices were made of what cards you can and why you can't use every card i can see why he made choices yeah. uh so i think yeah like there's solid game design here there's just some uh yeah there's some things that didn't that didn't hit and i think other games do better and that's so it um not uh yeah so you know where we stand on it a little bit. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't want to bag on it too much because yeah. I think there's a good game here. It's just uh, in the scheme of there are so many good games. I, th- I think on a ten a- point scale for me, it's it's like a seven. <laughs> and as I'm, I mean, I'm a junkie. I buy every game under the sun, let it sit on the shelf, <laughs> and then play it again. Is where that question mark is made, and a seven maybe gets played once or twice a year. Uh, is kind of how I think about <laughs> it. And this game isn't yelling at me, "Hey, play again." 
break this one down, figure it out, really dive in. Right. It's, huh, okay. Um, I don't know if I'll come back to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm glad it's one of those. I'm glad I played it and glad I got it out. Mm hmm. Will it stay in my collection? I don't know. You know, it's got a 50-50 shot. Maybe, maybe it'll get one more Board play. auction. Yeah, right. <laughs> when I'm looking for shelf space, that might be a... Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I guess let's just go around real quick and kind of talk through theme, gameplay, components. Um, Troy, you already bought it, but would you play it or slay it? Um, like I said, right now, odds are it's going to get recycled. It probably won't stay on the shelf much longer. Maybe it'll get another gameplay out of it, but... Uh, so whatever that means, play it one more and sell it. Is that play, an option play, in here? Play it, play it and then slay it. it. Yeah, then yeah. slay it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> play it, then slay it. I like that. Josh, what about you? Uh, me, me ditching the game, dumb pompa. I'm, it's gone. I slay it. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, he just went belter. <laughs> Excellent. Slay, I think he said slay it. In right, it. Right, yeah, out, right out the airlock, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Um <laughs> I would I would probably slay it too. I hate saying that. Like this is a tough slay mm-hmm. it because I like you said, I, I think it it hits the mark for a good mechanic mm-hmm. game. It felt well designed. It felt like you could play it and have different outcomes. Um I just I just wasn't into it. There's other stuff out there yeah. that I, I would play and be forced to slay this one. Yeah. yeah. And agreed. And we are in the minority. I think if you look on Board Game Geek, it's got a pretty high rating. Yeah. There's a lot of good reviews out there. And I because I knew where I felt on this, I did I kind of scoured a lot of the reviews. I'm like, am I missing something? Like what is the you know, what are the people seeing on that kind of thing? So um I just yeah, I I think it you know, it's all your experiences. And I think other a lot of people are giving I think the components were a big hit for all a lot of us. And I think a lot of people are kind of giving it which is kind of the board game geek, I would say. That community tends to focus on gameplay over components sometimes, I think, sure. uh, when you get a rating and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas uh, I think we were, we were, we maybe put that a little higher in our scale of what we were weighing right. it. So. Yeah. So the Expanse from WizKids, uh, right around $40. Mm-hmm. It's, it's out there if you wish to play it. Um, I would recommend go to a con, get it from a board game library, give it a spin. <laughs> Uh, before you, you go and purchase, but that is our thoughts. Um, let us know what you think. If you disagree vehemently with us, uh, hit us up on Twitter or Facebook. Or come see us at a couple of cons coming up in the near future. So um, immediately in the future, I will be at the Las Vegas Open at Bally's on the Vegas Strip, a big uh, miniature wargaming convention. I'll be uh, on the other side of things at the Anvilate Games booth um, with Will, kind of running frontline, answering questions about Ethereum, uh, hanging out with their their fans. So pretty excited to be there. Are they doing events out there? Uh, demos? No events. No. It's just Will and I. Okay. Um, uh, booth. We're right by Privateer Press, so um, should be should be pretty fun. <laughs> Check out a new new venue. Um, then Adepticon coming up in March. Uh, the 22nd through the 25th, we'll have representation in almost every major Sigmar event. Uh, the Warhammer Underworlds Grand Clash on Thursday night. A few people are mm-hmm. playing in. Um, you can probably find us at the hotel bar after, uh, and we'll be out there um, to to chat. So if you see anyone in a, a red playing and slaying t-shirt, or the are we getting new t-shirts? I don't know, Mandy. Mandy, you can get it. We, <laughs> we should. So, <laughs> and uh, then uh, Space Hulk, Space and, Space yeah, Hulk, zombie and Zombie Side Black Plague. 
uh, with full 3D terrain. Yep. Um, I think both sold out pretty quick. Yep. But as always, there will be a wait list, uh, which you can help your way onto by buying us drinks. Um, <laughs> and then I do want to just plug real quick. Uh, I know I've talked about it. Um, the Brew City Brawl uh, Age of Sigmar tournament in Milwaukee, April 28th and 29th. So about a month after Adepticon, so everybody's got a chance to recharge the batteries. It's a full two-day, five-round, 2,000-point um, Age of Sigmar tournament. We currently have room for about 12 uh, more players um, to, to fill the venue, which would be awesome for our first year to get there. Right now we're around 24 to 26 players, so we can have a max of 40. Um there is on Facebook, Bruce City Brawl, or find, um, you know, shoot us a message. We can point you in the right way uh, to, to get you signed up. But it will be um, a great event at a hotel near the airport. I think it's the Crown Plaza um, mm-hmm. by, the, uh, by the airport here in Milwaukee. So please uh, hit us up or hit Brendan up at Hobby Bear um, and ask about Bruce City Brawl. Then... Uh, after that, in May, end of May, early June, Nexus Game Fair, um, which last year or two has been at the Hyatt, has moved back out to the airport to the Clarion Hotel. That is Thursday, May 31st through Sunday, June 3rd. Um, definitely a good crew at Nexus with Chris and those guys. Um, they run a you know a good small yeah. local con, so definitely support it. We'll be there in some capacity. Yep. Um, and then obviously Gen Con in the far future of August, which will probably be yeah. here much sooner than we, we expect. Badges um, on sale. Badges on currently sale. on sale. Sold out last year, so get there, buy your badge, and then um, try to survive through the, the hotel travesty <laughs> in February. <laughs> um, so that's where we'll be. That's upcoming uh, events. Please um, leave us a review on iTunes. Contact us through Facebook or the Twitter at Plainsland Show, basementofdeath.com. Um, number of info at basement of death or any of us, us. I think. Yep, yep. At basementofdeath.com. That's Troy, Josh, and Ty. Um, but let us know what you think. Look forward to hear from you. And as always, everyone, keep the dice rolling, the drinks on ice, no matter what. Let's keep playing and slaying. So here's, here's how I'd start my statement. I'd be like, you know, it's been a long and lengthy career in the industry. I feel like I've played some really good games. When do you start to cry? I've done, I've done a lot of really good hobby. I've done some really bad hobby. And, you know, it's it's been a lot of ups and downs. And um, it's been a lot of time spent behind the mic, in front of the mic, you know, across the table from Josh, looking over at Troy. Josh wondering why I never look at him when we record. <laughs> it's true. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of cocktails, a lot of beers, you know, a lot of dice a lot of a lot of everything um and i've decided that i'm hanging up the microphone and stepping away uh from this show mainly 
the show, not the industry. I mean, it's not a retirement. It's just I quit because you guys suck. <laughs> I'm really um, frustrated with you know where where you're pigeonholing me into my role on the show and uh, cutting the content. And um, you know, I feel it. I feel ostracized. I feel like you've turned against me. And um, I just I can't keep doing this if my heart's not in you. I mean. That's really a weird <laughs> phrase. <laughs> That's how it would be. <laughs> My heart's not in here. I was going to retire. Are you retiring? When do you cry, though? When's the part where you break down? Oh, it would probably be when they ask me a question about no. that championship that got away from me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd be like, wait, I thought we were talking about the show, not, yep. not my Age of Sigmar career at Adepticon last year. <laughs> and that was, that was sad. But you're and, not really retiring. No, I mean... Uh, it's been such a... 